0: am not taking your glasses off. It's hard for me to... Thanks. So you have information for me?
1: Is that what your little note says? Yeah. Must be tough living your life according to a couple of scraps of paper. You mix your laundry list with your grocery list and you'll end up eating your underwear for breakfast. I guess that's why you have those freaky tattoos.
0: Yeah, it's tough. It's almost impossible. Look, I'm sorry I don't remember you. It's nothing personal.
1: I do have information for you. You gave me a license plate number. Had my friend at DMV trace it. Guess what name came up? John Edward Gammel, John G. Do you know him? No, but his face on his driver's license looked really familiar. I think, he, I think he's been in the bar maybe. Here's a copy of his license, his registration photo and all. Are you sure you want this?
2: Have I told you what this man did? Yeah. Well, then you shouldn't have to
0: ask.
1: But even if you get revenge, you're not going to remember it. You're not even going to know that it happened.
0: My wife deserves vengeance. Doesn't make any difference whether I know about it. Just because there are things I don't remember doesn't make my actions meaningless. The world doesn't just disappear when you close your eyes, does it? Anyway, maybe I'll take a photograph to remind
3: myself. Get another freaky tattoo.
4: dodd who the fuck is dodd yes you're listening to the memento podcast edition of cinema nine welcome in. thank you for tuning in it's another lovely evening it's always great to have you aboard it is episode 36 Six. 36. Six. yeah sexy hexy all right cool i'm michael govier the cinema nine podcast along with my dear co-hosts the guys who make the engine yeah and derek is happy now look at that yay congratulations derek the show is live uh eric Brancham and travis roy travis you're in Brighton, Michigan, and life can be cruel sometimes. But how are you holding up?
2: It's a busy time of the year. You know, it's a busy time. Like it's it's there's this is the second day of the week that I didn't turn on my television at all. It's it's tragic. It's a, holy it's a fuck. goddamn tragedy. Um, but it's busy times, man. Busy times. What are you gonna do?
4: I can't believe that. I, I'm trying to soak that in. All right, give me some time, give me some time. <laughs>
2: Don't worry. I made, I made some time for movies and television. I got my screen all time right, Don't worry. all
4: right. You're still an American. Eric Bradstrom, I know that you would never, ever turn off your television if you didn't have to. No, in fact,
3: yesterday night I watched three documentaries on the hunt for John Welk's booth. What a fucking story. Ooh.
2: Man, he three, really separate, like- three separate documentaries? Three like, separate
3: 100? documentaries. One that purported that he survived the shootout at the barn by... uh Boston, what's his name? Uh, fascinating stuff. I uh, was up till 2 in the morning. Really should have gotten my work done, but I didn't.
4: Holy testicle Tuesday. Wow, I got to tell you, you're really on a John Wilkes booth kick. You watched The Conspirator recently, and you're watching these docs. Are you obsessed right now, or what? It's
3: a deep dive. Give me give me everything you got. Pat Garrett versus <laughs> Billy the Kid is next. I'm taking on Billy oh. the Kid. Did Bushy Bill, uh, was he really
4: Billy the Kid? That's next. Damn, I'm going to watch like 20 documentaries. Paul, I can't hey. wait. I have that, and I never watch. I got to watch that. Oh, Maybe I'll join you on that. So good. Uh, okay, well, this is Cinnamon Eyed Podcast. We're doing Memento. It's a listener's choice edition. You guys chose this. Not I, not Travis, not Eric.
2: Free Cushions oh. fan, no lace I talked to 30.
4: Technically, yes. Derek <laughs> Byrne chose this, although the random number generator did a lot of the work, but it would not have happened if Derek had not chosen Memento, a 2000 film that we will dive into. This used to be a huge hit. When uh, people came of age like we did at that time. So we'll find out. Does it hold up? But first, of course, we got to get loose here. Talk about our feelings and talk about how we feel about movies. It's time for quarantine viewing picks. That's right. As always, don't forget to please rate the show on Apple Podcasts. Five golden stars. It Makes a difference. It makes our golden stars. Beautiful. It's beautiful. It makes people think that the show's legit. So if we can convince other people that it's a legit show, that would be decent. And that's really all it's about. Otherwise, yes. follow us on your
3: Spotify. Perhaps Apple, we can yeah, convince ourselves one day.
4: Yeah,
2: If only help us if fool only. them. <laughs> help us. And also if you if you're a regular listener, uh, you know, we really appreciate that. Everybody you know, check it in for the first time. We always appreciate you. But those those regular diehard listeners, we truly do appreciate you yeah, um, they're good people yeah we like you people extra all right so i watched some movies uh, i watched a couple of christmas movies i watched uh nightmare before christmas which i've seen before which you know how, how do you not i mean it's been a while since i've seen it. it's it been a good five six years so i you know checked it off while i did some chores it's good um i also checked out uh white christmas from 1954 because Ooh. i really like oh. the, the, the bing the bing crosby version of white christmas Deep. oh yeah uh, yeah, How white. Was was it? It. it was it who's the whitest of Christmases, that's for sure. I bet it um, was. <laughs> yeah, 2 hours I'm like, "Oh, wolf like what did I sign up for here?" Like it started to get a little little lengthy and there's like there's like commentary about like the state of choreography at the time. I'm like this is not this is not oh, what I signed up for. Danny um, K
3: is a fucking yeah. chore in that movie, man. He is uh,
2: out
4: yeah, of that's a role.
2: That's that's the word. It started to feel like a chore. Like I'm like, "Okay, this is Not fun. You know it's not fun. I could have watched Scrooge again, like for the millionth time, and I will. I will. Don't worry. I will. You will. Oh, you will. Um, I, I watched House from 1985 at our friend yeah! Mike Robier's suggestion because Mike doesn't like horror movies, but he loves House. So I watched House, and it was indeed a lot of rubbery fun uh, <laughs> and and wackadoo, just totally weird, wild, goofy stuff. Um,
4: I look forward. Greatest to American to Hero,
2: you. William Cat. That's that's the guy, right? That's who start who started. So funny.
4: He does this TV show; it's kind of a hit, and then he does this, and it's. Uh,
3: yeah.
4: Remember I mean, that show? Like he couldn't like yeah.
3: land. What was that? What, what was even the plot? He like I knew he could fly, he, he, but like he
2: couldn't land. Yeah, that was it. He could fly, but he couldn't He's land. It. He wasn't a very good superhero. That's and like, it. if I'd known that he was in this, I may have watched it as a kid. But like, as a kid. You know, all I remember is like the, the cover box was like this disembodied hand at like eye level for a five year old. Um, this disembodied hand like ringing, rotting, and ringing the doorbell, you know, and it's just scared to put Jesus <laughs> out of me. And I didn't see it until you know this week,
4: <laughs> wow. not to be <being> confused <laughs> with the modern television show House. Yeah,
2: I've never seen that either, but uh, I watched, uh, I, I watched, um. What's the new mutants? Uh, you know, it was a long and oh. torturous road for it to get to where it is. It's streaming now for, for a reasonable rental renting price. And I recommend it, man. It, it was, it was a good movie. Like it, it did some weird things. It felt like a comic come to life in a lot of ways. Like it, it made me sad as I watched it, that it's that we're probably only getting this one movie with this group of people. Cause it felt like an introduction and there's some pretty well-developed um, characters here, characters that like never in a million years would I ever imagined, even as a 13 year old daydreaming that I would see them, you know, uh, come to life on the, on the big screen. So that was, or like the screen in my living room anyway, but that was, so that was really, really cool. Um, last but not least, uh, which I guess I don't really, so I, I would say that new mutants would be my main recommendation for the week, but I also watched a movie I'd like to discuss with Eric called Mank from 2020. Cause I understand that you liked it very, very much. And everyone I fucking
3: seems, loved it. I thought it was a masterpiece.
2: Everyone seems to like it very, very much and think that it's a masterpiece. And I'm like, there was there was a one word review from a, a reviewer on uh, on Eric's Instagram post. And the name of this of the Instagram account account is, I believe, it's called Cinema Review. And his review was wank, which yeah, and <laughs>
3: he gave it seven out of ten. And I'm like,
2: uh... wank. That was it. That was it. One word review. And um. So it is beautifully shot. It is belie- just beautifully shot. It's gorgeous. Um, the score for, with from Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross better get nominated for best score. I mean, it is it is outstanding. It is outstanding. Um, but. Um, you know uh, the movie itself. I had a hard time buying, like you know, like we got a sixty-three-year-old playing a forty-three or a sixty-year-old playing a forty-three-year-old and a thirty-three-year-old playing a forty-year-old as a husband and wife team, and I just had a hard time. Like <laughs> I don't care how good an actor Gary Oldman is, man. There's there's other dudes out there. And, Not cool. Uh, and I was going to I was going to bring up this tweet from that that went viral um, in response to that it was like from like. Uh, from like a 40 ish actress, I believe an actress. Anyway, she says something along the lines of like Hollywood doesn't, um, you know, they don't, they don't. We, we're not forgotten. You deliberately erase us. You're, you're hiring 33 year olds to play 40 year olds. Like there's not a woman that, that's like in her 40s in the movie, even though like that's the age that Mank was and the age that women that, that he was surrounded himself were. I don't know. So I guess, I mean, some of this might sound kind of nitpicky, but I just felt like the movie just, it, 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 it like it, it was a love letter. It was a love letter. And like as it started, I'm like, this is amazing. This feels great. But you better have like some really strong nostalgia for, for like the 40s movies, which I actually do. And it just dragged. It's just fucking dragged, man. It dragged and dragged and dragged. And, and, and there's the thesis statement of this movie is, uh, and Mankowitz, right? Han- Henry Mankiewicz, right?
3: Herman Mankiewicz.
2: Uh, Herm- Herman Mankiewicz, underappreciated. Um, Orson Welles stole a lot of the credit. There you go. I just, I mean, that just summed it up. It doesn't take two hours to say that. That's, that's how I feel. Remember the
3: eighties when like every sixteen-year-old kid was played by like a thirty-year-old like grown adult. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of the same thing for me. It's like, well, whoever can like maybe give you the glimpse, as he says himself in the film, you give an impression of an artist, and I think you can give the impression of someone in their forties, even if you are maybe Gary Oldman's age. But I love the film. Bit inaccessible. I watched it with Ange, my, my wife, and. That's what she said. She's like, this is gorgeous. The acting is fucking brilliant. But I don't know jack shit about California politics in the 30s. I don't know anything about the studio system and its politics. So they're not giving you anything to kind of latch on so you can ride the narrative. It's just vomited on you. And you're expected to be like... <laughs> Just like juggling everything at once and loving it. but I just, God damn, that script was just so superb and unique for me. But, yeah, I can, I'm hearing a lot of that. A lot of people like it. A lot of people are like,
2: I'll give it another shot. I'll give it another shot. and And the score I've already been listening to, like while I work and stuff. So
4: I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry for your loss. <laughs> Eric. We're so sorry. I know. It's tragic. Uh, I'll tell you what, I've not seen that movie, uh, but now that there's such a spirited conversation, I feel like I will try to check it out and join in because I love 30s Cali politics. That's how I feel. (laughs) Eric Brancham, this is your moment. Tell us what you've been watching and tell us what is the number one recommendation of this week.
3: Aside from Booth Fest, which has been going on, and we got another one tonight—an uh, old *In Search of* episode starring Leonard Nimoy from the 70s—did uh, did John Wilkes Booth survive? That's on, literally waiting for me. Spoiler: He didn't. Spo- yeah. yeah, spoiler: It didn't happen. Um, but anyway, you know, aside from *Mank*, I also watched *Houseboat* from 1959, starring Cary Grant and Sophia Loren. It literally takes Cary Grant until about an hour and eight minutes into the film to be like, "Oh my gosh, you're gorgeous." Like up until then yeah. he has like he does not even notice how drop dead beautiful this woman is. And it's a Look romantic a comedy. Yeah, yeah, you know, I had to scratch my head. I'm like, uh mm-hmm. Randolph Scott that close to the set or what? <laughs> um oh, but a fun movie, A cute movie. Um aside from that, my big recommendation of the week. I also watched Halston. I talked about that on Instagram. It's this documentary about a fashion designer from he's largely forgotten. I mean, he's before Perry Ellis and Calvin Klein, and I don't know. For some reason, I just got really interested in uh, um, the description, so I checked it out. and It's an awesome fucking documentary. Uh, It it, it talks about art and how it blends with business and how the two, when they collide, it just gets ugly, but in a really unique way. I thought it was a really well-put-together documentary that uh, is on Amazon Prime. Then you fired up
4: Phantom Thread. Say that again? Then you fired up Phantom Thread, of course.
3: It literally is on my top 10 list of all time i fucking love phantom thread i don't know what it is with being fashion designers you didn't know that
2: no i didn't really yeah. like, we, i'm sure we talked about it on the show before and i just forgot I uh, he hasn't mentioned yeah. it on the
4: show and he really hasn't
2: okay because yeah, yeah, that's surprising to me i fucking love what, 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 it so what? much i'm also fine. Mean, yeah i mean to me it was kind of like an, an, an inherent vice
4: territory but it, yes
2: yes that's yeah. turn off immediately territory
4: I well, mean, I got, no, no, I got no, through it. Territory. It doesn't mean he lives in the same house. Right? Yeah, I got through it.
2: That's it, it's, the, you know, it's the Ohio to the Kentucky. <laughs>
3: <laughs> My top recommendation is uh, Sound of Metal. You guys got to see this. It's on Amazon Prime. Riz Ahmed plays this drummer, and he starts suffering hearing loss, and he's got to deal with it. I mean, they tell you that in the first five minutes, and the rest is just beautifully shot. Well acted, gorgeously scripted, and it's a from a you know second time filmmaker that's relatively unknown that I think is going to hit big after this beautiful character study. Uh, excellent.
2: Uh, yeah, I, I read your review. I need to read that. Nerissa Med, I think, is one that wants to.
4: He's he's good. I fear And that good. was it. And that was it. Well, get back to Booth Fest. Settle in. Uh, by the way, he died shortly after the assassination. Oh, just from <laughs> heard i heard okay yeah, good is, uh really
2: not a lot of historical dispute on that just coming from a couple <laughs> of historians real quick it doesn't matter. when you're ball
4: deep <laughs> you're ball
2: deep it doesn't matter the internet the internet says it's you internet. just follow it all you want yeah there you go
4: it's the on internet. a disc it's all for you okay so i watched uh i watched proof of life proof of life which is a 2000 film russell crowe yeah uh, Russell Crowe and David Caruso. They're buddies and they're co-starring almost. I love it. I love David Caruso. I don't know why. Where did he go? Yeah, where did he go? He's great in this film, man. It's so fucking stupid. It just makes me laugh. And It's a kidnapping film because Meg Ryan's husband Spoiler, it's not really, because that's really the whole movie. It's not a spoiler. David Morse gets kidnapped in the jungles of South America in a made-up country called Tikala. I Googled it to verify in case I had never heard of it or a name change occurred in the last 25 years. No, they just had to not call it anything, which I guess is kind of cool, but no, it sucks. <laughs> anyway, uh, don't watch <laughs> that movie. But I loved Proof of Life back in the day on DVD in like 2001. I watched it a lot, and uh, I regret that now. So I want to be clear about that. Well,
3: why would they make up a country just for the, the film? They didn't want to like upset any like made it political unrest because yeah, of this like, movie no one saw?
4: Apparently, it was a fucking nightmare of a shoot, though, because they filled it in Ecuador at like 14,000 feet, and it was just hellish. It's a hellish shoot, apparently. So okay. If you're into hellish shoots, it's on the list. <laughs> uh, I watched... Wait, what is this called? I don't even know what this means. Far From Home? Is that a movie? Yeah, Far From Home... Uh... What is that? I don't even recognize is there, it. Is
3: that the Jeff Daniels and a film about like the birds? No, no isn't it like right. uh,
2: Milo and Otis?
4: <laughs> I fucking wrote it down on my own this list, is which is fresh home. this week. Incredible journey? It? Someone let me know. That, I'm looking at it it Milo. Man. Yeah, but there's another Far From Home because that's not the one. Homeward uh, Bound uh, 2. Far From no. Home. <laughs> yeah.
2: Far From Home
4: The <laughs> Adventures
2: of Yellow Dog. <laughs> oh yeah, that's not what I watched. That's not what I watched, but I do remember Wait, no, that movie. Okay, there's Far From Home from 1989 with Matt with Matt Frewer and Drew Barrymore. Oh, okay. No? No. Nope, How keep about going. Far From <laughs> Home from 2014? Uh, yeah, maybe with nobody's. Maybe. Nobody's. No, I don't know these people. Yeah. Barry Watson, Stephanie Bonfettin. It's a drama. Once upon the death of it, the estranged uncle, an embittered writer, returns to his hometown. Ring any bells? Fuck.
1: I guess maybe um,
4: I wrote this down to watch it and then I didn't. Are you talking yeah, about Far From Heaven with Julianne Warren?
2: A young couple struggles to keep their marriage afloat in a foreign country. Oh, wait, that's far from here. I don't know, okay. dude. I don't know what you watch. You keep better track of your life. Right. It's a
4: dream believe. I can't believe I make a mistake like that, but that's fucking funny. That's what it says right here. Far from home. Okay. Of course, as Travis said, uh, I watched House again. Uh, I hadn't watched House in 30 years. This really took me back to the 80s. But I actually preferred House 2, which I followed up with. And House 2 is harder to find, uh, much more terrible probably, but the same fucking thing. It's Ari Gross and a bunch of dipshits. with Bill Maher showing up with a killer, killer mullet uh, as the super duper, like, Music impresario. It's so dumb. It's so dumb. Check, but I'm gonna check it out.
2: I mean, I'm I, you know, I, it, the yeah. first one was
4: so bonkers. Well, that's what it is. This is what it is. Yes, I didn't put the Spider-Man in front of it. Yes, I watched Spider-Man Far From Spider-Man Home. Far... Thank
2: you,
3: Chad. I'm so fucking happy. How
4: do you not I'm know that it was spider, at least yeah. Spider-Man? Yeah,
3: you could have at least given us that. Well, it's a Spider-Man movie, guys. <laughs> We're searching for some dumb movie starring I mean, Matt. It sounded from movie. the '80s. <laughs> I'm like a huge Marvel fan. All you had to say say was, well, it's Spider-Man, but... (laughs) (laughs) I don't
2: know.
4: (laughs) Thanks, Uh, Chad. I I watched uh, Spider-Man Far From Home, and uh, I really like it. I like where that's going. Uh, It was a little cheesy, but it's pretty good. Oh, well. I liked it better than Homecoming. I'll say that. Uh, yeah, I checked back in on some movies that we might actually do later, so I'll keep those in private. I watched Top 5. You guys ever see Top 5 Chris Rock movie written and directed by Chris Rock about six years ago? Never heard of it. No. Huge dude. cast. Tons of people in it. J.B. Smoove, uh, Gabriel Union, uh, Rosario Dawson. It's it's really about his life, after, like, because he was an alcoholic. He's I guess he's in recovery now, and... I watched it in 2014 and hated it. Watched it again now, I loved it. So I don't know. So this they, is like
2: that Leonard Pryor movie where he made the movie about himself smoking crack and lighting himself on fire.
4: In, uh, a, in a except, except <laughs> that like he changes things, like because he's like a he's gonna get married on national TV to a reality star on a reality show. There's some things that are a little different, but there's a lot of truths in this film. I'm fairly certain of it. Uh, I really liked it. I'll I really give like a liked shot. it. Yeah, I would recommend it strongly. I'm strongly. He's
2: obviously uh becoming or turning himself into more of a serious actor or trying to, and I'm I'm curious to check out that that's road so as funny. he goes down it.
4: That's I'm so excited
3: funny. for his uh Saw sequel coming out. Yeah, that's right? what I'm he talking about. Oh. That's what by, part, is that what you meant by uh well, turning into pa- a serious actor?
2: Well partly. I mean that partly. I mean, like that's not the kind of I mean, like that's not that's not a Chris Rock role ordinarily, right? I mean, right. what were you gonna say, Mike? You you seemed excited.
4: That's what the movie Like it doesn't. It's not a spoiler, but like he makes a movie in the film. He's a superstar, and he makes a serious film, and it gets shit on by everybody. So there's elements of that going forward. I don't know. There's tortured comics,
2: man. They make they make great dramatic actors. If if, a lot of time.
4: Yeah. Uh, Anyways, uh, I do recommend it. Uh, I saw In the Bedroom. I'd never seen In the Bedroom. This is a fantastic film, and I'm so sorry it took me this long to see it. Nick Stahl. Tom Wilkinson, Sissy Spacek, New England couple, 2001. Check it out. It's really, really good. Uh, One of the best of the year, and I just missed it that year, and I'm glad I watched it now. Um, I watched for the first time, and this is something I was hinting at. I want to recommend this to everybody. If you haven't seen it yet, I wanted to watch it the year it came out, and sometimes life gets in the way. Finally cashed in. Me and Brian Madison had a date to watch this in 2016 at my house and I flaked on them, and I've regretted it ever since. But I finally watched Green Room. Fucking fantastic. I love the movie. So One of the best
3: good. movies. Just period. It's so good.
2: Yeah. Just one of the
4: best I movies. I knew you guys would be like, absolutely, completely. But I, I finally got there. So, wow. <laughs> it's so
2: good. It's
4: such a fitting so uh, tribute
3: to Hey, it. hey,
2: 2015, right?
3: Yeah. I was yeah. just going to say, hey, it's, that, someone's got to call it out. I mean,
2: yeah. We, should, we should. I mean, like, I feel like it's gonna hold up, but I won't watch it anytime soon. Uh, under, under the expectation that we'll bring it on to the show, because man, I I love that movie.
3: Jeremy Sonier, genius.
4: It yeah. it did such a good job of like, not that we're experts, but like representing punk rock culture and like being, but not like exploiting it, and like mixing so many elements into one movie. It's incredible. It's so unique, and it's a fitting farewell to Anton Yelkin's short lived life. Who's a great act. He really could have been. Oh my god, yeah. Really he was, it was good. Uh, yeah, he was good. Um, Going quickly back to Chris
3: Rock, if I may, two days in New York. Did you see that one with him and Julie Delpy? I've meant to, but never caught it. It was fucking incredible. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's one if you're into Chris Rock and you want to yeah, get into I'll like check it a out. Chris Rock like vibe, yeah. check that out. It is
4: beautiful.
2: Film. Yeah, I should have already.
4: Two days.
2: Eric, two did days. you not wa- I'm sorry? Eric, did you not also watch Sleepers? I thought you watched Sleepers. Or was that another time? Actually, no, he watched I, it a
4: couple weeks ago, and then I watched it last week. Oh, okay. But I was yeah, i was going to say we, we that it, it very guys. well yeah, might come up on we were, this, Yeah, because uh... we
2: were talking about it. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, I won't That's watch good. it. I've seen
4: that. But Eric sent us the picture of the uh, – Well, I've always been switch it to – Nico, Nico, hey, nay, <laughs> hey, hey no, I've just – You
2: know, I thought we were – It's
4: so bizarre. Ron Eldred's smile that he cracks that song raising up in the mirror. It's so perfect. Really good. Really. God damn. It's so good. Uh I watched Stupor. Stupor is great. I Really I liked it. the fuck. I enjoyed yeah. it.
2: Yeah, I, I did too. Yeah, you know, um uh, it's a fun movie, but go ahead.
4: I, I didn't want to st- No, I want to hear your thoughts on it cuz I know you'd seen it and I don't think Eric had. have you seen it Eric? No.
2: I'm I'm blank. What's uh Non Johnny, what's his name? Non Johnny, we can't think yeah. of his first name. Cam- Dave yeah, Dave Bautista. What's his first Camille. name? Camille Non Johnny? Yeah. Is that correct? That is right, correct. Yeah. I want to see more of him. I'm really excited about the Eternals. I think he's a good leading man. I really liked the big sick. I think that he's, I think he's funny. I think he's, he's charismatic. Great. And I thought he carried that movie really well. And uh, Dave Bautista also like, like, you know, big Vin Diesel energy, you know, like in general, like this guy is not you know, like the rock. Like not, this is not somebody you just plug into any old movie, but like he was the highlight of the bond movie. I watched the other day, uh, Spectre. Oh. He was probably the best part of the movie.
3: Blade Runner 2049
4: too. Oh. I forgot he was in that. Yeah,
3: I that awesome opening chunk. I forgot it's about
1: that.
4: Stuber's. It's a comedy, but like, it has you know, it seems Stuber. like they're doing a better job more than ever of like mixing honest topics into comedy, and people are. Some people are doing it really like like vacation. Kind of reminds me of that vacation was a stupid continuation that was a lot of stupidity, but there were some honest things in it. Mm-hmm. That, like people are getting better at that or at least this generation of writers
2: well you know i was thinking about the other day and how like you know so much of the the comedy that we grew up with just always depended on just mocking someone um you know just always just just in some way like making fun of like some part of their identity that they just can't really control and that's just like has always just been part of it and um and more and more that's just not what people want and what not, what people want to create, and um and the real the real result is like some very like honest and heartfelt, um you know kind of comedies. Thank you, Matt Wilson. I appreciate the uh, the the love for the love of the shirt. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, I think that you were just gonna leave that up until I acknowledge it. So <laughs> yeah,
1: I will <was> probably up <laughs> for half an hour. hour. <laughs> it's
4: a unique shirt.
2: So. But um no yeah I'm wearing a Zuki Lake Tavern shirt. It's classic. For, Eat a pizza, get a free before. shirt. Represent? No, I paid for
4: this. I didn't need to Well, people do pay for them as well. I didn't mean to minimize your shirt. I apologize. Please, please don't. Please, please. Don't,
2: please. Anywho, how dare, dare ask, you? How <laughs> dare my? How dare you?
4: <laughs> Stuber's funny. Check it out, and it's heartfelt. It's well written. That's the bottom line. It's well written. That's what I like about it. Uh I finally watched Waves, which Travis, I know you said yeah. was amazing.
2: I heard this is so good. What What do you think? Did you? Did I oversell it? I mean
4: no because it really is an incredibly powerful film there's a lot of space in this film oh I mean, yeah an incredible amount of space yeah and that's not a bad thing necessarily you just have to it just might not be for everyone but it's so well the colors and the cinema i mean like the, the south Florida never looks
2: so good <laughs> the story the, the the way it's told everything about it literally is moving in waves I mean, like, like everything about this movie, like that's where that space yeah. comes in. It's low tide. Like, and then like all of a sudden there's just a rush of all this shit happening. You're like, oh my God. And you're like, and then you just kind of get into this like kind of like absent kind of like spacey space. So then like all of a sudden shit's happening again.
4: Uh, Tons I, of I, music I, too. Tons of music like oh dominating. My gosh, yeah. 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 I need to
2: listen to the score more. It's a great score. I mean, t- for me, it's, it's, it's not my favorite of 2019. It's one of my favorites.
4: I had no idea what was going to happen with this film because the way it's marketed, it's like, oh, there's two people in the water. <laughs> like that's always up the poster <laughs> of two people in some water. Like, to see a movie. It, it was. You're Best right way. because it felt like it. I admit it felt like four hours, but that's. I still loved it. I did love it. I thought it was great. And all right. it was glad to hear it. it everything needs more needs, love. Yeah, it does need more love. I agree. Uh, and lastly, oh, okay, two more quick ones. I want to recommend the Art of Self Defense. This movie's off the wall. It's fucking dumb as fuck. You Won't even believe where this movie goes sometimes. I'm just gonna say that it's got Jesse Eisenberg, he's a really, really opposite of Lex Luthor in this one. He's very frail, I'll say that. Yeah, Art of this,
2: this writer yeah, director, Riley Stearns, he's done two movies, that's his second one, and both of them, man, are just killer movies. That and uh, I've already forget the other one, was it's it's starring. Um, I did, I fucked her, I fucked her. What's his name, L- uh, Leland? Leland North- North yeah, um. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> what a legacy. I, I hate hey, to reduce it's you. Really. I know you. Oh, yeah. Oh, I fucked you. I fucked you. If you if you like him, he started that movie. And but anyways, like both of these movies this guy has done are like again like like really dark comedies, really funny, but like having pretty big things I think to say if you sit and think about them for a second.
4: Yeah, absolutely. He it's called uh, a movie called The Faults that he did. Yeah, Faults. I haven't seen yeah, that. It's called Faults. Faults. Yeah. Um yeah, this movie's wild. And by the way, like it was good to see uh <laughs> Pollux Troy. I hadn't seen him in so long. <laughs> I'm like, oh, shit! And he's like a main character in this movie <laughs> in 2019. Al- like, oh, Alessandro oh. Navola. yeah. Yeah, is that his name? Troy. Yeah, that's his name? Yeah, Pollux Troy.
2: Yeah, Pollux Troy. Look at you. <laughs> <laughs> ah,
4: I love that. I hate that movie, but I'd like that. And lastly, I would like I'll to play recommend play a play. movie I'd never seen. I'd never seen this film. It's a David Mamet film I'd never seen. And I'm glad I watched it. It's called The Spanish Prisoner. Oh, Steve Martin. Yeah, oh, Spanish well. oh so yeah, good. Might be, uh, it's been on my
2: list. It's, up, it's been on my list for the show, actually, but it's just yeah. oh, too yeah.
4: oh, it just uh, felt yeah, too I, obscure. It, it, it was to me. It was to me because I saw the title and the only thing that made it relevant to me was seeing Mamet on the writing and directing, but then I saw the cast. And I'm like, oh, well, how am going to check this I love this that out.
3: Rebecca Pigeon. Uh, I don't know where yeah. she is. I think she just it, stays it, on stage, but she is I, just lovely. I'm yeah. since like the late '90s. State and always
2: found her to be just completely unbelievable, and just like the just a terrible actress, and in everything that she's been in. But um, I do love David Mamet movies, and he clearly loves her because he puts her in everything that he's that he's done. And he's Span- married to her. Uh yeah, he's married to her. <laughs> Uh, I don't know why he puts her in his movies. Um but yeah, Spanish Prisoner man, you got, you got Steve Martin in one of his few really dramatic roles and Campbell Scott who I adore. I, I just I, 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 I could watch yeah. the I can watch the man um do just I, I watched it like I watched a documentary like for, with in my class and he's like playing uh like George Washington I'm like yeah. oh, back it up like this is so good. him, like, this <laughs> <It's nice. laughs> reciting Washington's stuff I'm, like insane.
4: <laughs> cool. Dude, I, yeah, I, his writing is so unique and yeah, yeah. It, not everybody talks the way he writes necessarily, but I like the way it always there's always something being brought to attention and there's an honesty in the way people say things, even if it is a little maybe aloof or maybe a little different than what you might run into in fucking Iowa. I don't know. It's just um did you see uh, Edmund with Bill no. Macy?
2: I never saw that one.
3: That Not is really one wrong. to check out. The David Mamet film with William Bill right. Macy, supposed Bill, yeah, Bill, Bill, Hi, we are friends. Billy uh, yeah, check that out if you get if you get into the, the groove of some Mamet because uh, it's really into, uh Julius Styles and Bill oh. Macy, Edmund. Oh, julia uh, Styles. That mm-hmm. sounds promising.
2: I think she's a great actor. I really, I really like her. I did.
4: I liked her work. She kind of, she know, just kind of fell
2: off. But man, she's good. She's really good.
4: Some stories about she her, turned, but, she turned 40
2: right and oh, oh you heard some stories Uh-oh. Yeah, I oh, a, shit. uh oh yeah Yeah. I, I was
3: uh i i was sad to it's see alive. that what it was the last dance When not say the last dance i'd hope there'd be one more dance because she was so incredible in that great was she a fellow i actually
2: skipped oh it. she wasn't oh o. my God. Yeah, she wasn't oh, oh she was. with oh, um God. that guy josh hartnett it's that
4: guy Anyways, yeah, Julia Stiles, where are you now? By the way, uh, before we get into our main event, which is Memento, we're gonna talk Memento. Does it hold up? Does it have the goods in 2020? Can a Christopher Nolan film hold up? Pfft, hardly. No, I'm just kidding. We have no idea. But, but I will Mike, tell you Mike,
3: that. Did you watch the Gordon Lightfoot documentary?
4: Oh, I haven't done it yet. I I got. I'm. It's on the list. It is on my list. I'm so sorry. I don't know why I'm not. Always so Heaven's Gate. Yeah, right no, after uh,
3: Heaven's
4: Gate. <laughs> oh, right. He wants Heaven's Gate. Am- I don't have oh, Amazon. I don't have Amazon, so I don't have the access you have, believe it or not. It seems like the whole world has Amazon, um, but I don't. I'm not lying. And that's what it's on, right? Amazon Prime? Yeah. Okay. Well, then maybe Christmas, maybe uh, someone. Let's it in over there. There you go. <laughs> okay. Uh, by the way, I wanted to mention quickly a, a scathing article from The Hollywood Reporter on Johnny Depp. On oh, Ford I read AM. it. You, you read it? it?
2: I read it. Yeah, scathing is the word. Oh no! Did you, uh,
4: I didn't Not read what? it, but I listened to a podcast about it. If, we don't have to go way in depth, but I just like to get. I mean, is it over? Is is this man's fall from grace a complete uh, now?
2: Look, you know, like if you know me, you know that I've been like on Team Johnny Depp like the yeah. whole time. Like I, I love him. I, I've stayed on board. Um, this was the first thing that I've read where I was finally like, oh fuck, I don't know, man. Like some of this is really damning it's pretty bad um
4: like a pretty good reporting piece I think they actually put some effort into this it's not just <sighs> some gossip shit either
2: no. I mean, like part, part of me has always been like, look, he's a he's a very famous man. He's been very famous for a long time. Like I, I imagine he's someone like somewhat like a spoiled child and probably not someone I would want to know personally, you know, like, uh, you know, if he's a huge movie star, what do you expect from these people? Like, yeah. um, but I, I've always loved his work and I still love the work that he's putting out for the most part. Some of it's gotten pretty shoddy, but Mordecai's great mordecai's great but there is. um there it is but man like yeah read the article for yourself if, you, if you're curious but it's it, what's it called like the the implosion of johnny depp or something like that in the hollywood reporter self-implosion
4: the it's self-implosion. like it makes a point of saying that not other well, people so,
2: the, the argument that's making in a nutshell is that he that that his response to like like he could it could have gone easier for him had he not just like Gone to sue the hell out of everybody if he would have settled some and tried to be quiet about it. But instead, he got really vindictive. Is like yeah. that's that's the argument of the article. I mean, he's
4: got some wild ass ties with some kind of shady scumbaggy people in countries where people don't necessarily treat people very well. There's a lot going on there. Uh, I just wonder. Let's say let's let's say he hits the bottom whenever that is.
2: It may I mean, be now. I mean, another point of the article is that, is that he's like he's just so like combustible um, that uh, that no one will work with them even if they wanted to
4: yeah so let's say that's the case all right this is it this is you know he goes away for a couple years whatever the fuck happens with people we have had so many hollywood comebacks under the entire umbrella of the history of hollywood so you know i could definitely see a period where a man or a woman whoever it is gets their life together and says you know what maybe i did do a few bogus things and i want to make amends for that. And then they start making movies again. And people love that. So. No,
2: they don't. They don't what, what they need to ha- come out and have some sort of apology. No, they just get a friend to make a movie with them. And then another one and then another
4: one. And then they're good to go. Yeah, I was being pretty, uh pretty ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, final word. We know you're being really silent. We know you love Johnny Depp. You don't have to incriminate the man, but just give us your opinion. I
3: don't know the man, so it's hard for me to even hear what someone as reputable as a Hollywood reporter is saying and asking myself, well, what's the angle here? I don't blame him at all for suing the son for calling him a wife beater and then losing that case because in another country they are very more, you know, they're not as lenient on, on laws and stuff like that as we are. So he loses the suit and everyone is like this or that. But who am I to say? The guy is proven himself as a very sweet philanthropist in a lot of aspects of his life that i know about uh is he a fucking drunk that hoards like million dollars of wine and gets drunk and may have uh temper tantrums maybe what, what can sh- we prove i mean what are we what are we even talking about here we don't know him we don't know the truth i'm not going to trust some rag that he probably needs a story
2: well like like okay one the hollywood reporter is not a rag for, for yeah for- i was verified that and- and, and and two, like, part of the point of the article was that they're saying that, look, like, this – this the whole point of the case is that, is that a judge is saying that I be- – this judge is saying that he believes that a – you know, that Amber Heard was in danger for her life or had good reason to believe that she was because of physical abuse that was taking place on the part of Johnny Depp. So, like, make of that what you will. I agree that, like, it's not um, – you know, we don't just have to just – automatically believe everything we hear like by no yeah. means but but one of the points of the article was and again like there's a bunch of stuff that like if you're skeptical read the article yourself because I'm we're not summing everything up here there's a lot there but yeah. one of the points of the article like they interviewed like a, a pr guy who does like crisis pr and he made the point that he's like, people who'll always have people that like him because, like Donald Trump, there are some people that will follow someone, despite of regardless of who they actually are, because of the, their charisma, their personal attachment to that person, and the what they've like, you know, how they viewed that person over the years as they saw them play characters. And
4: that was yeah. like, oh, it's already awesome like there. ingrained in them, right? Right, yeah. right. Well, we hey, I just want to see Johnny Depp do quality rules and. Be have a late like Twilight career where he's like, Wow, I love that movie! and he could yeah. like a supporting role, you know, hell, if he won a supporting Oscar someday in a movie and he's like 65, I'm like, yes, like a Jack Lemon run, not that he's comparable to Jack Lemon at all. I'm just saying, a well, Twilight, like, that. look,
2: he's a great actor. I mean, the man's a great, actor. Right.
4: and I don't want like, him perfectly.
2: to go away by any stretch. I mean, I, I but like, yeah, if, if he's, if he's, I don't know, uh, we'll see where this all goes. I'm not off team, Johnny, Johnny yet, but like, this, I do recommend that people read the article.
4: Always the number one recommendation. Read it for yourself. Don't hear it secondhand. But we talk about it because this is a movie show. We talk about film. We talk about actors, and this stuff matters. So I I just hope that Johnny Depp can have a life that he enjoys before he passes to the great beyond, which is where we're all going, by the way. Just in case you forgot, we're all hitting the high road someday. But right now, (laughs) not quite that time, my friend. We are going to do some memento. That's right. Cinema 9 Podcast presents Does It Hold Up? 2000's Memento. Listener's Choice Selection by the one and only Derek Fern. Travis? To a Christmas fan who likes to talk 1030?
0: So you lie to yourself to be happy. There's nothing wrong with that. We all do it. Who cares if there's a few little details you'd rather not remember? What the fuck are you talking about? I don't know. Your wife surviving the assault. Her not believing your condition. The torment and, and pain and anguish... Tearing her up inside. The insulin. That's Sammy, not me. I told you about Sammy. Yeah, right. Like you told yourself over and over again, conditioning yourself to remember, learning through repetition. Sammy let his wife kill herself. Sammy ended up in an institution. Sammy was a con man, a faker. I never said that Sammy was faking. Exposed him for what he was, a fraud. But I was wrong. That's the whole point. See, Sammy's wife came to me. Sammy didn't have a wife. It was your wife who had diabetes. Ouch. My wife wasn't diabetic. You sure? Ouch. Cut it out. She wasn't diabetic. Think I don't know my own wife? What the fuck is wrong with you? Well, I guess I can only make you remember the things you want to be true, like old Jimmy down there. He's not the right guy. He was to you. Come on, you got your revenge. Enjoy it while you still remember. What difference does it make whether he was your guy or not? It makes all the difference. Why? You're never going to know. Yes, I will. No, you won't. I will. Somehow, I'll You won't remember. When it's done, I will know. It'll be different. Well, I thought so too. In fact, I was sure of it, but you didn't. That's right. The real John G. I helped you find him over a year ago. He's already dead. Don't lie to me anymore. Look, Lenny, I was the cop assigned to your wife's case. I believed you. I thought you deserved a chance for revenge. I'm the one that helped you find the other guy in your bathroom that night? The guy that cracked your skull and fucked your wife? We found him. You killed him. But you didn't remember. So I helped you start looking again looking for the guy you already killed oh yeah so who was he just some guy i mean does it even matter who no reason lenny no conspiracy just bad fucking luck a couple of junkies too strung out to realize your wife didn't live alone but when you killed him i was so convinced that you'd remember but it didn't stick like nothing ever sticks like this won't stick
4: That's right. It's directed by Christopher Nolan, one of the most iconic directors of the last 30 years. Undebatable in that department. So let's get into it. Don't forget the Cinema 9 Pod. You can email the show, Cinema 9 Pod, at ProtimeMail.com. Let us know what you think of this show. What do you think of the movie? What do you think of anything we talked about? Of course, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. That's right. Cinema 9 Pod and all your favorite social media formats. And give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Okay, let's do it. Let's dive into it. Year two thousand. This movie comes out. It's the year two thousand. Did anyone see this movie in the theater? Raise your oh, hand.
2: Yeah.
4: yeah. Oh, Travis. Well, let's go ahead, Travis. Dive in.
2: So tell well, us about was,
4: that experience.
2: I was I was at full sail. I was I was in film school when this movie came up, and um, man, I just uh, like there was so much buzz it was definitely like kind of like when Requiem for a dream came out. Like it was just like, everybody was like, this is the movie, you know? So I went and saw it with a whole big crew of of film nerds and we, you know, we, for the rest of the year, you know, it was something that was just referenced and, or, or, and talked about and talked, you know, like uh, we were all pretty, pretty dang impressed with it. And uh, I really felt like it was a, like a, like a groundbreaking movie and a uh, announcement of an important new writer director. And I was, I was right in a lot of ways.
4: Wow, that is an awesome way to see that film, because it really became a classic, and you got to see it with a bunch of people who really appreciate film. That's true. I'm, I'm jealous. I'm very, I'm a little bit envious. Am I jealous or envious? Which one is it? You can, you can be both. <laughs> same thing? I don't know. We had this debate okay. with a friend of mine a week ago. He said there was a difference. Anyways, I think they're the same. Eric Branstrom, the year two thousand. You saw this? What you see this with Jimmy and Chad and everybody? Because I wasn't there with you.
3: Uh, I think the great Chad Gibbons is right when he uh, recently uh, messages the show via Facebook that he and I saw it along with who we suspect to be the legendary Brian Madison and maybe Crystal Gibbons uh, at the AMC Livonia. I do remember going in about 15 minutes late. Listen, we heard that it was blowing up the festival circuit. We we saw the talk. All we really knew is it's a movie that's told backwards and it's supposed to be fucking amazing. So we went in there. And, you know, even if you go in there on time, you're going to be fucking confused. But if you go in there like 15 minutes late, you're you bass backwards. You have no clue what's going on. But when the lights came up and it was over, we just sat there breathless. And it was speechless. We didn't even know what to say. We literally almost went right back, back, right, right back in and saw it immediately. Our minds were blown. There was a new filmmaker in town, a voice so unique, unlike anything we've heard in our entire lives, and We could not wait to get back in that theater and see it again.
2: And I, we, the group I went with, we didn't know that it went in reverse. We didn't know that going in. We just all we knew is that it was like a good movie,
4: <laughs> even better. That's what I say. But I didn't know that either. So I'm with Travis. Uh, I also did not see this movie in the theater. I saw it on DVD I've heard of whenever the it came out. Yes, DVD around two thousand one ish. Whenever it came out, I was living at the famed harbor cove apartments or no knob hill harbor Cove's whitmore lake Nob sorry knob hill, hill Okamas michigan hill. live got it <laughs> he has you've never seen memento matt wilson okay that's get fine. it together matt Get it together yeah <laughs> uh yes i saw this when brandon harvey got this for christmas around that time like he got the dvd and we watched it and i was like wow it just blew my mind i was i didn't know who christopher nolan was i I didn't even know Guy Pierce was. I really, I mean, I saw L.A. Confidential, so that's not true. I take that back immediately. I lied. I just <laughs> lied there. That was a complete lie. I loved it. Yeah, uh, it was great, but it did. It was like a weird experience because I was like, "What just happened?" I remember being confused. I remember having that Total Recall feeling. The original Total Recall, like
2: Recall, Recall, Recall. <laughs> I remember
4: Sorry. being confused, very confused about what's going on with this movie, and definitely we since we had it on DVD, we could watch it again and again and again. So that's where it happened there. And uh, I never saw it in the theater, though. I feel like you guys are ahead of me. You guys is win. When,
2: is it one you watched a lot over and over again?
4: Yes, definitely. See,
2: like It's one I watched, and then I, you know, that I owned it, and I watched it for, for, for being a movie that I owned. I did not watch it a lot. I watched it maybe I would guess like three or four more times
4: nope, and, huh. and
2: then didn't watch it again until
4: last night. Wow! Oh shit! Okay, that's interesting. I'm, it was a hard run on Memento. In fact, I'm pretty certain I've watched Memento with Derek Fern one night, possibly in his basement. Uh, that may that may not be true, but I feel like it's true, so I'm gonna go with that gut feeling for now. But Memento was watched again and again and again, at least by me, with many people for a couple of years, and even after that, like even with like uh, other friends of mine, Jamie and Chris Deary and. Uh, they were always doing the Lenny. You know, they were doing like, <laughs> their fucking tagline. That's all they ever do is that Lenny. All the Lenny. Time. <laughs> so, people, this movie was a big deal. And I haven't seen it, though, in probably eight years, eight years ish. About 15 years for me. I mean, 19,
2: wow. 18, 19, I would guess.
4: Fuck me. Okay. Well, hey, uh, I haven't looked up the score yet. Did anyone else look up the score? No, we did no. not. Okay. So, this obviously is a Christopher Nolan film. He's got to get a high. It's yeah, I was gonna,
2: yeah, gonna say seven point eight.
4: Oh Christ. Oh I'm no gonna way. say I mean, like I'm right. gonna say like eight point eight point five. Okay, eight point five. So you said seven eight, eight point five. I'm gonna go eight point seven. <gasps> Here we go. Oh eight point four. Good job. I mean Eric was one over, but he was closest. If you but mm-hmm, price yeah, is right, rules. Right. I was Travis over. Wins. I was over. Yeah, you're over, you lose. But eight point four. Yeah, that's that's a rock-solid score. I know that this is probably better than maybe at least one of the Batman trilogy films. Would you guys agree with that, or no? I would not agree. Or would that, that give away too much? I
2: mean, I I, I, I personally just feel like uh, Dark Knight Rises is pretty vilified. I think it's a good movie.
3: Okay. I don't right. see any reason
2: to compare these, Michael. That's a good <laughs> idea, too. I mean, they're, they're, they are pretty different films with really different budgets.
4: Well, sometimes hey this is america we do lists okay and we categorize lists by the people who make the films so christopher nolan's top 10 movies go that happens in this country i'm just saying anyways this is an 8.4 on imdb and it's got a lot of ratings over 1.1 million ratings that's a lot of ratings, <laughs>
2: love a lot of ratings.
4: that is a lot of ratings but as far as rotten tomatoes goes um Yeah, it's the same deal. 93%, 94%. Uh, That is, I mean, that's just about as close as you can get with a film between critics and audience. Rock solid, tight consistency. Does that surprise either of you? No, not really. No, no. Okay, no one's surprised. Well, you guys do know film, so that makes sense. But of course, I'm dying. I'm really hoping that Destin Thompson checks in on this one because we had not heard from him. Bring me Destin! (laughs) And uh, by the way, let's pay tribute to Travis. His beautiful creation, which was in you know tribute to Destin Thompson and his years <laughs> of service as a critic
2: yeah i made a meme i made a i made a i love Destin meme we love that Destin meme in fact
4: everybody does right who or doesn't love dustin just- you know what he did, my- he,
2: you know what he went on to do after this you know what he retired he retired as a as a as a film reviewer do you guys know what his next career was
4: no way! Uh, Obama,
2: writer.
3: Obama speechwriter. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> speech writer, That's right. That's
2: what he did. Yep. I didn't know that oh until I made no. the meme, and I just kind of stumbled across the information sure. as I was as I was a meme making.
4: Fuck me! Yeah. I feel like that guy in RoboCop. Fuck me! Just fuck Thompson, me!
3: Thompson, <laughs> <and> Thompson <laughs> may, may have me. wrote the famous Shit "Yes I
4: Can" speech. <laughs> we don't know. I'm oh, sorry. Which is he said shit on me, and I laughed. What'd you say? Aaron? Oh, I said De- okay. Destin
3: Thompson may have wrote the famous "Yes, Yes We Can" speech. We don't know. A famous shit on me speech.
2: Everyone shit everyone, on everyone, me, America. Right. <laughs> uh, John so, Beliveau for president.
4: Okay, the shows off the rails. All right, Destin Thompson says Memento doesn't just draw you into a dramatic mystery; it makes you aware of human mystery, and that's food for thought and entertainment. <laughs> Loves this film big fan Roger Ebert says the movie doesn't supply the usual payoff of a thriller how can it question mark in parentheses but it's uncanny in evoking a state of mind hmm is that
1: true
2: I remember making a comparison about this movie I I, I don't know that I felt it when I watched it last night but I remember comparing comparing this movie to like uh um to Charles Bukowski um like I remember like as a kid like it was you know two thousand I was twenty so I was reading a lot of Charles Bukowski and um and i and like you'd read Bukowski and then your brain would kind of like work like Bukowski for a few hours until you kind of like deprogrammed and I kind of remember feeling the same way about this movie that like the absorption of what's happening and then like the uh, assessing afterwards of things <laughs> like I remember like feeling like I kind of like would have to like reorder like how i was thinking about life after the movie but i didn't feel that way last night <laughs> definitely
3: fragmented type of film but i think that's in, in a good way i think that's
2: what ebert was talking about
4: okay that by makes sense by the way mike clark of usa today he's always very brief a terrifically compelling little mystery period he got paid and for we that we need a neg- <laughs> he, <laughs> he did, did. <laughs> he to these reviews pretty <laughs> he good said. <laughs> hey, you know, not bad. Yeah. I think it's gonna make a couple bucks. Um, <laughs> I need to find a shitty review, though, because we need to be fair. But, uh, it's hard to find them, though, guys. I gotta be honest. There's just endless amounts of red, fresh tomatoes all up and down the page because this film, like we said, it was 93% by critics, 94 audience. audience. Uh, Stephen Ray of the Philadelphia Inquirer. This terrifically satisfying Stephen film. A- film. Stephen Ray, a- not that, yeah, uh, it's with a V, though, a V. A- this terrifically a- satisfying a- film. <laughs> Do it. Someone do the Stephen Ray from... Uh, I can't do it. I can't Come do
3: on. it. Kill your own kind. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. Thank you. Okay. Stephen Ray from the Village Voice says of Memento, kill your own kind. That's it. Uh,
4: Oh, boy. This terrifically satisfying film brings to mind 40s and 50s noir films. Yes, absolutely. The audience is as unsure about the protagonist's hold on reality as the protagonist is himself.
3: And this is a negative review, you say? um... Oh,
4: that's positive. I'm sorry. I'm still trying to find a negative one. Oh, here we go. Here's a negative review. This is from uh, Marjorie Baumgarten of the Austin Chronicle. I assume this is Austin, Texas, although it could be Austin boston texas no in (laughs) in forward progression the narrative would garner little interest thus making the reverse storytelling a filmmaker's conceit
2: i think that she's right i mean he's onto something Like because the movie like was not planned to be this if i recall correctly you guys help me out but as i recall the movie was not set up like they didn't film it with it with the intention of doing it like that basically he finished and went like this is kind of Man. And then and then went and and like reordered everything and and put it and edited it. Is that correct? Do you know Eric?
3: I'm not sure if that was the original intent, but um, I, I I completely agree with her. I mean, we'll get into it. But it is based is on there, the
2: story you
4: know, Sorry, yeah. go ahead. We're not it's getting a, into it. We're doing it now. That
3: yeah. was a
2: good what, segue. <laughs> it's based on the short story by his brother, right? And the short story, I don't think moves in. I think it moves like in chronological, regular order. For instance. right. I, I mean,
3: the, the big question is, is this a gimmick? And if this is just in regular chronological order, is it a huge deal? Or is it just like any other noir potboiler from the 40s or 50s told in a contemporary style?
4: I mean, is that everything? That's the that's really what's like the tipping point for this film guess, to make the great. For film, or? No, <laughs> no, I'm just saying when it
3: comes from if we're talking right now about negative reviews, that's what a lot of people have been saying. I mean, great these are weird scenes are like backwards. But when you look at the thing in general and the whole story from
4: A to Z, is
3: it something we'd never seen before.
4: <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. It does seem like the negative reviews, they kind of focus on like gimmick stuff. And it's this uh Chuck Rudolph says a con in the mode of Brian singers, the usual suspects, the scam of the year. Ouch. Harsh. The scam of the feels year. Scam. he feels yeah. scammed by the film <laughs> he got paid to go watch this movie he feels scammed. <laughs> scammed. <laughs> it's this a fucking ponzi scheme i just so watched watch this movie <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're right so most of the not all the negative reviews are about that though like this one says intriguing and accomplished as it was memento left me unpersuaded that this trip was really necessary so even <laughs> beyond that
2: Right. Well, know, what other people said let's let's say what we have to say it's fucking stupid. Yeah. but i mean excuse me but that is another complaint about the film fucking
3: <laughs> too complicated what's going on too confusing who cares about this but well and demands your
2: attention not a lot of filmmakers are doing that in 2000 or now um i don't know that um that i disagree with that though like as i'm watching the movie like really early on i'm like thinking to myself like god this is Awfully convoluted way to try and get someone to kill somebody. Like, if you want somebody dead, like, this is just, I mean, like, what Natalie's doing, what he's doing, whatever, like, what, what John G is doing or Teddy, what everybody's doing in this movie to try and get people dead, it's just like, you guys are like really taking a long way around here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, I fine. agree,
3: but they're opportunistic. I mean, sh- sh- you know. Sh- she stumbles upon Leonard being there. She probably wants you know, justice or whatever, but she stumbles upon this person and sees the opportunity. And so does Teddy because he's a cop that was probably on the case and says, I can get a bunch of fucking money and get a lot of my enemies knocked off by, by using this guy. So it's not just about like murdering people and wanting people killed because, yeah, I could just kill him. But it, yeah. it, there's an opportunity there with this bizarre figure.
4: Yeah, Derek says uh, in our live feed, by the way, which you can watch every Thursday night around 7 p.m. if you want to join us live, uh, he has the DVD where you can watch it in chronological order. And he says that it definitely loses its punch. So that would be interesting.
2: I had the DVD and I remember that feature and I remember choosing not to watch it because I was like, that's not going to (laughs) work. One thing I do remember from the
3: commentary back in the day, I'm sorry to interrupt, but, but I do remember them originally planning all of the Sammy Jenkins black and white stuff being just told in one just chunk. Uh, instead of spread out throughout the entire movie, which I think makes it a little bit more interesting.
4: Yeah. Well, it's not just the it's not just the backward storytelling. There's the mix of like black and white in color. So there's he's using a lot of he's that using that really a lot of.
1: Different...
2: U- is that really that unique? I mean, maybe for the time, no, it's but not. I don't think, it's not at all right. I mean, like not, oh, I mean, not now at all. The, well, I, even at the time, I don't know that it was that unique. Not anymore.
3: at all. You watch Rashomon in 1950, and they're doing something that's you know leagues more interesting than this nonlinear storytelling. Yeah, no, no, no
2: no, 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 not that. He's talking about the black and white in the memory and the color in the now. Okay. Right? I'm or, not talking
4: about the that as sort of being yeah, unique. It's just a another tool that, that he's using in the storytelling as a visual tool. That's it. So it's not it's not like groundbreaking at all. No, of course not, but
2: the only groundbreaking thing is the, the out of order of the of the plot.
4: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I would say so, right? I wouldn't say anything else is groundbreaking.
2: No, there's no other
4: groundbreaking points. It's just, I'm looking at all the tools he's using. So he's got a cast, which is really good. Carrie Ann Moss was in The Matrix. So that was her debut, really, right? Do you guys, is there other stuff before The Matrix that you recognize her from? Because I
2: don't. No, I mean, it wasn't the first thing that she did, but I I know it was like her breakthrough. And this, and her and Joey Pants came on to do this afterwards. and, And man, like, I just. Any as we've said before when he's come up on the show, like anything Joe Pantaleano is on, like I, I don't know what it is about this guy must just exude like crazy energy in real life because, I mean, like I, I could just watch the guy do anything. and everyone seems to feel the same way. and he's not like an an attractive man. He doesn't sound like he doesn't have a nice voice or like a pleasant cadence or anything. like but there's something oh. about the guy that makes him just it's
4: extremely watchable. How yeah. was he doing, though, by the way? Because we well, haven't talked about him since that accident early in our podcast run. Remember, he, he got hit by a car or something? He was doing fine. And I did a deep
3: dive on him because I was missing him for like eight to 10 years. Uh, he's in recovery. So he had a really hard time with addiction, which put him out of the limelight for a good 10 years.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, I wish him the very best. And I hope he gets uh, back to good health in every sense of the word and working again. Because, I mean, He's someone that, like, talk about. I, I mean, I could see him winning an Academy Award. Give, give this, like, we, we talked about Harry Dean Stanton, like, uh, as, as a character actor that really only starred in two movies at the very beginning, the very end of his career, and probably should have had more. I think Joe Joe Pantaleano is one of those people. Like, this guy, someone Shit. picked this man up and put him in, like, a starring role. I think he could do it. I think he pulled yeah. off great.
3: When you need a likable scumbag, your hands. <laughs> Yeah,
2: exactly, that's that's it right there, man. The most likable, scummy guy, which maybe that's not what you want to be known for, but he does it except well. when
4: he's Ralph, he's not likable in that, Ralph but he, he's oh, man. I don't
2: know, but he always
4: is likable. No, a- no, I man. you're not gonna sell oh, me.
2: I mean, he's 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 the worst person probably in the entire. He's not show. Richie.
4: He's he's above Richie. I'll say that.
2: But like, he's there's a lot, He's one of the worst people in the entire show, and is <laughs> yeah. full of bad people. But like, he, so he's he's super watch. he's super compelling to watch. Yeah.
4: No, he is. That's true. I'll give you compelling. Won't give you likable. All right. Okay. So, uh, so we got a killer cast here. Uh, you know, Guy Pierce comes out of Australia. He's on the horizon now. He's the man. He did L.A. Confidential. Now he's doing yeah. Memento and. You know, he really never quite exploded like I thought his career would. That's just a side note, in my opinion. I really thought he was on the brink of being a big star. That's
3: the whole thing. All of a yeah. sudden, after these intense roles at Exley, then you got Ravenous, and then this. This is three completely fucking different characters uh, portrayed so brilliant by this guy. He seems to have kind of blended into these supporting roles for the past like 15 years.
2: Yeah, yeah. and which is a real shame, because the last movie I can think of that he starred in is... Well, actually, there's two movies I can think of that he starred in. Um, one of the older ones is The Proposition, which if you guys have not seen yeah, The Proposition, yes. couldn't recommend it more. So, I mean, I need one, to see it. John one of my Hillcoat. favorite movies. It's so good. yeah, it's John Hillcoat, so you know it's good. Um, and then the other movie I can't quite think of the name of it. It's uh, it's him and uh, Robert Pattinson, uh, the, like a the Rover, movie. fucking the awesome Rover, yeah. which was yeah. really good. Yeah, that was really good. And um, and that's the last starring. Move, like move, starring role I can think of that he did was Rover but it was I mean like everything he does like it's always good I wish I agree I wish he'd do
4: more but yeah and, and Rabidish, also,
2: it's, I mean yeah. there's so much going on that's what I was going to say is ravenous just neither one of you watch it because I guarantee uh, that's coming up on the show at some point
4: it, yeah it's been mentioned before I'm okay. sure we'll do that but I it will tell it. you this I you know he shows up in bit parts in Catherine Bigelow's Iraqi drama and then he you know he's gone mm-hmm. and yeah. it's like oh Guy Pearce in this okay oh, and then he's not so Iron Man crazy.
2: 3 yeah but he's so i didn't
4: like that so much yeah, uh, yeah i think that was underrated it's, it's a a worse of the worst movie three, by the way. oh ah, I, think three. Well, I, I, I think two is two the worst of the three well i would say two is the least
2: i disagree with that entirely two i think two is, two is so a good so movie bad. but i think it's the least good of the three
4: okay
3: but he's so fantastic in this he's caught up in this insane situation and yet like he keeps his cool and he has this sense of humor it's this really bizarre performance. My favorite thing about it is the way his interactions are with other people because he knows how awkward his situation is and like you can see this little glint in his eye like I know this I'm really fucking weird and this is a weird question to ask and everything he does he's so committed and so can, he has so much conviction in this role. I I I don't think he gets enough appreciation. Period. This is one of the best
4: performances of the 2000s. Neither does Mark Boone Jr. What about him? He's great. I love Mark I love, <laughs> whatever Mark Boone Jr. Is. That's how he got into the Batman trilogy. He's like, oh, he hooked up here and kept on going with Nolan. Oh, yeah, but I I feel like Stephen Tobolowsky, I know that Travis loves Stephen Tobolowsky. So he's a personal favorite. That's just favorite. me. America. The world uh, America loves loves does, but you love him Earth, too, Earth so. does. Yeah. yeah society has no problem with him at all. And uh, let's get into some of the... Do we care about the plot issues here? Like, do we, does it matter to you guys as we dive into this? Like, what really happened? Is there a John G? Did it ever happen? Did it all get fucked up? Uh, is Sammy Jenkins, he probably was a real person. We all agree on this, right? Sammy Jenkins was a real. Yeah. Person.
2: Yeah, Sammy okay. Jenkins was was real. But and like and like Teddy says that he was a he was a, a faker. But somehow during the during all of this, uh Leonard Leonard superimposed their stories of, over one another to like try and like make himself cope with what actually happened. Because like the thing about Leonard that I think I'd never really got until the watch last night is that he makes new memories. He even talks about it. He's like, I'm I'm conditioning myself and and he does he conditions himself yep. like like he comes to and he does it and he goes right for the pictures like he knows where they are and that he needs them
3: he knows but that you can't burn them how would you know that
2: Right, like he, he knows all kinds of things uh, all the time. Like he he comes to and like and like and like Natalie talks yeah, about John right. G and he doesn't need to like open up his shirt and, and find out who John G is who raped and murdered his wife. He means like, oh John G. Yeah. Like and like and at first I'm like watching the movie thinking, like, there's all kinds of plot holes here. And then as I watch <laughs> the more, I'm <laughs> like, wait a minute, I never picked up on the fact that like just like Sammy Jenkins, it's not a it's not a physical condition, it's actually a mental condition. And or like just he's the real Sammy Jenkins and he actually can form new memories, but is Somehow unable to at the same time.
4: So is he yeah. combining the story? Do what happened to him as it's expressed originally? Do you guys think that happened? Like being his wife was murdered and raped and.
2: Well, no, no. They said she was never that. murdered. No, they she was that.
3: raped, but she survived. Yeah. That's I believe everything Teddy says at the end. Personally.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I think that's pretty. I think we. I think we're very much. Supposed that's to where we're clear that. on.
4: Okay. All right. Yeah. yeah. I'm checking because a lot of people will win. That's the thing about this movie. It lets people go in a million different directions. I think that's that's the tragedy
3: of the entire film is that the fact that everything he's being told implicitly, hey, this is what's going on. Even though he can't remember, someone Mm. wants to tell him, this is your life in a nutshell. You can either choose to start writing notes that matter so your life is different and you're not this evil, horrible person that's about to go out into the world and do more horrible things, but this is what you really are. That's what I love most about the
2: movie. I, I think that's, you, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, the, the tragedy of the movie is that he, he, he says throughout the thing that like, I need purpose in order for this to work, I need to have purpose. And he, the, the image of him pointing at the empty spot on his chest, like that, that deletes his purpose when he actually kills the John G, the real John G, like that's, what is he supposed to do after that? What reason does he have to function? So like uh, he, so he, you know, he sets up Teddy, which by the way, you could just rather than put writing down his license plate number you could just scratch out teddy and write john g on your picture (laughs) um you want a puzzle um (laughs) but um yeah it's all i mean to me part of the movie is about like ah this is maybe this is like my own shit here but part of the movie is about um like the the damage that being in like stuck in a job does to you and that you're just kind of like uh, slogging through day after day and like trying to find purpose in what you're doing and like um, just kind of like just trying to do it and like staying alive doing it. I don't know. And then there's, there's something maybe not a job exactly, but there's, he's certainly saying something about like the nature of life and how you have to have something driving you, even if it's bullshit, even if you're lying to yourself to make yourself happy, which is literally what Teddy yeah. says at the end.
4: Yeah, there's no
3: Absolutely. doubt about it. That. Yeah, that's the Absolutely. central posit. Do do we lie to make ourselves happy? Everyone to one degree to another. That's why I love when Teddy's like, "We all do," and he laughs it off because he's not a dangerous psychopath like Leonard is.
4: <laughs> oh,
2: so you think he is a killer? Because because remember, Teddy says you're you're not a killer, but what makes you so good at doing it? But he is a killer.
3: He's one of the most interestingly dangerous people in cinema history. And this is what interests me most about this is. Where does he go after this? Mm. Okay, like what is next? If you're gonna, yeah. you know, you, it could you could call down. blasphemy, you could call blasphemy on a memento too, but I think that would be super interesting because he's got to start from scratch.
2: Well, no, yeah. Except, yeah, I mean, he'd have no Teddy around to help guide him. But, I mean, what you end up with is is him still trying to piece the puzzle together, and maybe it takes him a lot longer, but eventually he kills an innocent person again.
4: I think that's part of the movie, too, though, Travis. He is a likable guy. People or people seem to like be into him. They like him. They're drawn to him a bit. So he's always going to find other people, at least on the surface, not who he is at the core and what's happened and what he's become. But there seems to be, hey, there'll be a new town. There'll be a new place. There'll be a new story. New I'll series. find you. Yeah, exactly. I'll find more people in this area where they'll be like, "Oh, I'm a handsome guy. But I dyed my hair and look at me." And they'll be like, "Oh, you drive a sweet car too. Cool, I like you." And there'll just be people who are connected to this guy. And that's what would be even more tragic is like this will just continue perpetuate itself until maybe, maybe there's some goddamn cops that know what they're doing. So,
2: can we talk about? Um... The, the, the subtitle they almost used for this movie, I believe it was called Memento or How I Let Someone with a Tire Iron Convince Me to Take Off All My Clothes and Then Kill Me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I he's, begging, that, right? he's begging for his life when the guy's standing over him with nothing but a tire iron. I am... I am like a squishy 40-year-old guy who's never punched anyone in his life who wasn't his older brother. So like I – but like someone's wanting to kill me in a dark – in this dark building with a tire iron, I'm not going to let him. I'm going to kick him in the – shit. Like, but like this hardened like uh, drug dealer guy is just like, no, no, please don't kill me. You're like begging for his life because he's holding a tire iron. And he's like 95 pounds. It makes no sense. It makes no sense. Why is it not a gun?
4: A bit odd. It is odd. Yeah, it that is, is odd. odd. I agree. Yeah, the, All right. Hey. There's no. This is a seven nine podcast. We're talking about Memento. Does this hold up or not? We're slowly getting to that point. We're gonna find out. This is a so cherished fun. film, according to critics, according to audiences. People love this movie. They're huge fans of it. So there's no need to poke holes in it. Why are we talking about it? Well, listeners chose it. That's why we're doing it. Uh, what else we want to dive into here? I mean, by the way, Wait, you, you got another podcast to get to. I think yeah. this movie's funny. I think this movie's funny. I think it's funny. I laughed several times in this movie.
2: So he's chasing me. Yeah, that's that's a pretty,
4: pretty great oh, yeah, or I don't feel drunk. We have that, that, I, that, that, that that's that's the the quick little quips that make me laugh. And- I
3: don't think there's enough humor in it because on this viewing, not I enough. hate to say it, I kind of got a little bit exhausted and even a little bit bored because I think it's so plot heavy yeah. that if you're not listening, like we all know, Christopher wants you to fucking listen intently in Dolby Digital 8.1 <laughs> to respect him. <laughs> Of then you're you're missing it. There's not enough humor. You got some from Teddy, and you got the whole always oh, Jason me. But a movie like I, this reminds me a lot about believe it or not, but like The Big Lebowski, because it's convoluted as fuck. Yeah. Uh, there's a, a huge inc- intricate plot, and it's noir. But it's so entertaining because it's funny and you get a lot from it. Not just, oh, this is really weird and confusing. What's going on? You get humor and you get this, you get that. For this, it's just so plot
2: heavy that it gets a little bit tiring.
4: Aww, yeah. know, Who doing, the
2: fuck I, is God? I started to get a little, little bored at one point or two. I mean, that's that's it true. is. The truth is yeah. coming
4: up. It's the starting to leak up. out, guys.
2: Where are we going yeah. with this? I don't know no what I like to hear. Uh, only only because I'd seen it before. I mean, like, there's a yeah. reason why I hadn't really watched it in so long, because yeah. like, I knew what was coming.
3: Not
4: very I, rewatchable, then. Is that what you're saying? That's, that's I mean,
3: the,
2: rewatchability.
3: there's this Christmas store in Michigan called Bronner's. Have you
4: ever been there? Yes, we uh, all well, It's yes. fucking amazing. You
3: go there for the first time, and you feel like you're in Santa's workshop. You can't believe what you're looking at. You go there for a second time, and you're like, "Holy shit, I feel like I'm in Christmas." Go there for an eighth time, and you're like, "Who gives a fuck about all these ornaments and elves?" For
4: me, this last and I was like, mm, "Yeah, I remember all this.
3: I wasn't getting that
2: much emotionally from it."
4: So that's what you're saying, like you said earlier in the show, that it yeah. really is a gimmick and it wears off on that's the rewatch.
2: I, that's how I felt in like 2001 or two or three or whatever.
4: So what that's does why this movie do? About it what does this movie bring to you that was like, wow, I really love that? Uh, Thomas Lennon in a weirdly dramatic
2: role for like two seconds.
4: <laughs> <laughs> By the way, yeah, it shows up in Dark Knight Rises too. Yeah, he, he they was must the be doctor bodies.
3: that fixed Bruce's leg. Yeah, that's right for right. that
4: magical cartilage-fixing oh. brace that doesn't exist. But whatever, <laughs> what it's a comic this, book. What this movie does offer
2: is it, it lets us. It tells us that Tom Cruise was in full Leonard Shelby cosplay and collateral. That's so good, sure. <laughs> so
3: fucking good. Um, it's the leech Blonde?
2: What, what's what's? what's
3: that? <laughs> yeah, really seriously, the phone stuff. Particularly played weak oh, for me. Like, no. why? It's so exposition heavy. He knows he's about to go to the end of his loop anytime. What's the point of explaining all this if not just for the audience's sake?
4: <laughs> I'm sorry you said that, but it's kind of true. Oh yeah, oh. that's a
2: good point. I didn't. Even, I didn't even
4: think right of that. Man
2: something about that kind of sat not so great with me i really like the don't answer the phone tattoo moment like when when he sees that that's a great moment but you're it's right like a jump scare it's like oh, oh but he did and that but what is the whole fucking point of the conversation yeah, no. well how about here's a question what kind of like person is he he's the kind of person that on one hand will a woman who he does not know at all will tell him hey i got punched by a man he's just like and knowing that he's like a, like a, like all fucked up he's gonna be like you know what tell me what this dude looks like i'm gonna go find someone who looks like him and i'm gonna beat the shit out of him or or maybe like maybe tie him up and then beat the shit out of him and then make him drive away i guess is what he's gonna do and uh, (laughs) like really threateningly make him drive home drive drive away but um but so he's willing to do like i'm gonna help this total stranger but he's also the kind of person that like i'm gonna punch this woman in the face that's the kind of person leonard shelby is he punches women in the face Oh. I don't care what your condition is. I don't care how much she's saying shit in your ear in a mean way. People have said shit to me that's mean before too and women have and I didn't punch him in the face. I don't care I don't care who you are. There's, there's no explanation. There's no excuse for that. It's a problem.
3: And the one thing I like about the Leonard Shelby character is that in a lot of like in a lot of no, noir films, the protagonist is usually like an anti-hero and he's kind of smug but this guy's a straight dipshit. I'm sorry, brought the whole (laughs) movie. He's just kind of a smug dipshit. I don't really care about
2: his story that much. That's kind of where I'm going with it. Like, he's really like, I mean, like he, he, he lies to himself because like, he needs like like, to have like a reason to live. Okay. And then, but like uh, there's, there's, he's completely eschewed any morality from his life for the most part and he's not uh, honoring his wife's memory so there's not even a romantic
3: aspect there to him.
2: Yeah, I mean he's hiring hookers to like to like pretend that they're her to try and trigger something in his memory not because he misses her because he's like stuck on revenge and that's part of what the movie's about like the the theme of being like oh revenge destroys you well i've read frankenstein okay.
4: Yeah. Oh, I yeah. guess we should never Say do any stories truth. about this again.
2: Well, no, well uh-huh. no. Okay, you got to I mean you got me there. Like revenge stories are great. We've talked about the limey and we love the limey, but it just it's just kind of like um I don't know. I, and maybe that's part of the point of the, to to rethink myself after your comment, Mike, is is, you know, that we find reasons to function and maybe we might settle on reasons that are faulty and um, you know, and become not so great people because of it. And and that's worth a view or two.
4: Okay.
3: Can you, re- can you make this now, now that you have, like, iPhones and, like, everyone's got, like, a studio <laughs> system in their back pocket? Like, what would you even do? I mean, it came no. out at the perfect time, right at the cusp, or the Polaroid's all you had, for instance. Yeah, absolutely. Everything's watched
4: all the time now, man. The party's over. Remember non-ironic Polaroid cameras? <laughs> yes, yeah, <so> I do. Yeah. <laughs> they were no, pink. <laughs> I remember them, but I haven't seen them in a while. Yeah, it's so. been a while. Yeah, I'll tell you that. You guys are kind of making me sad, but it's. I'm sorry, Mike. I mean, no, I mean everything you're saying is true, though. This movie, you
3: you, but you Mike have to look him. at it like that, Michael. I mean, even the Carrie Ann Moss character, who I was like, okay, Carrie Ann Moss does such a good job cha- playing like this manipulative like woman. Uh, she's so condescending to him, but you get it, like. She knows that he killed his, her boyfriend. So fuck this guy. Try like by all means, like put this guy into a bear trap. But then she sleeps with him. There's weird that's character so inconsistencies.
2: That's so confusing. Why does she sleep with him? I mean, I don't think they even have sex. I think she just does it to make him think that they have sex. But still, yeah. like, how could you sleep next to someone that you know? And I guess that's why she wakes up and looks startled and scared of him. And he's like, it's just me, the guy that killed your boyfriend. Um, but no, I agree. Like, It just seems like uh, it would be hard to spend the amount of time around him that she does, knowing, knowing right from the get-go that this guy murdered her boyfriend.
4: She's tough, though. You know, she's mentally she has a deep resolve within her. And uh, like you said, if you said that revenge drives people, then, you know, in fact, maybe she is the same situation. And uh, and that is
2: it. And she's trying to use him to get revenge against Teddy. Yeah.
4: And it's just like everybody's got their own agenda. And it's that the only good guy is Teddy. (laughs) He's not a good guy. And Bert though, Bert's the better good guy. He's probably he the sucks
3: best. too. He charged him double for that fucking
2: hotel. Yeah,
4: um, but, you know, come on, it's a minor white collar offense. Sam, <laughs> Sammy, <laughs> Jimmy <Jenkins'>
2: non-existent wife. <laughs> I guess no, I guess uh, yeah, Leonard's, there you go. Yeah, that's Leonard's right. actual wife. That's like, don't be a prick. Let me read. I guess she's she's the one. She's the only <laughs> person in the movie.
3: I don't know. I. I was more emotionally affected by Sammy Jenkins' story, as portrayed by the great Stephen Tabalowski story, than Leonard's on this recent viewing. I'll say that. Yeah, much. but the,
4: like you said, the phone—it's all—it's all a buzzkill. It's like the phone conversations dragged the movie down. I don't want to hear him talking into an old school rotary phone. Blah blah blah. It's just not. It it kind of bummed me out a few years ago, and I forgot about it. I I kind of did what Lenny's doing here and what everybody's doing here. You know, people are trying to forget things and. Here I am trying to cut out that part that I didn't like so much because I wanted to remember how man this movie and blew my mind.
2: And that's one of the great things about the movie is it drives home the point that like, like you know, your your memory, as much as we think of it as our as our identity, is you know, it's it's faulty, it's weird and strange for all of us and, and not entirely reliable. I mean, that moment when he's like, I gotta find a pen, I gotta find a pen, I gotta write this down. This is super important. I'm like, oh look, it's me. <laughs> like or <to remember laughs> anything <laughs> 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 True. Yeah.
3: I mean Christ we're we're nearing the end, but we have to talk about I mean, Christopher Nolan, all right. did you guys see following his first film? yep yep not initially, but yes,
2: I saw it after memento, yeah,
3: the dude he's often accused of like being especially these days being nothing more than like this. Um, like mass marketing, like spectacle film, like uh juggernaut. But the dude does have a fucking unique voice for a top tier blockbuster director. He's cerebral as hell. He's playing with these big toys with a lot of money, but he's trusting his audience and he's asking them to to uh, use their brains, which I can respect. Oh yeah. Uh, but is this one of his finest efforts
2: nowadays? That's what I'm getting worried about. Well, I don't know. This one of his. I mean, it's one of his fledgling efforts. This is when he's when he's getting started. And what we're talking about is someone like you know, in a time where more than any other time, um, the box office, whatever's left of it, is driven by by franchises and reboots, right? Like this is someone whose simple name brings people into theaters. They don't need to know um, you know anything about the characters in advance. It doesn't even need to be huge actors people people will will see a christopher nolan movie and there's not a lot of actor or a lot of directors that have that kind of pull now really there's not um so that's you know that that's and, and this is not this is not the most recent effort this is the first time he had sort of a decent budget i mean the follow or following is like what an 81 minute movie or something it's very much uh like he shot it with what you know you get the he shot it on the weekends or whatever this is like and this is still an independent film, and it feels like an independent film.
4: Clerks is way better than The Following.
2: I hear music. Why do I hear music?
4: Yeah, I don't know why I hear music. <laughs> I am. the pot? Oh, yep. I, mean, music, you know, I live for myself. <laughs> Nothing here. Anyways, yes. So the bottom line is this is not the best Nolan movie by far. I don't think it is by any stretch. In fact, you're right. Odds are... Some people explode on the scene and then they fall apart. Some people come onto the scene and they gradually work on their craft. And he obviously is dedicated to his craft, so he gets better and better. And I actually, you know, Dunkirk, I respect the effort on Dunkirk, but I didn't think it was that great. It's a directorial. <laughs> it
3: might be his best film.
4: It's a directorial achievement. Uh, yes, I agree. But I, the entertainment, I think Memento is just as entertaining as Dunkirk is. I really do.
2: I could. I could see that. I could see. I mean, it
4: is an accomplishment as far as direction goes? Yeah, uh, but yes, uh, absolutely, it is. I, 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 I can understand that. that point. You know, insomnia was. I liked insomnia. I remember seeing insomnia in the theater, and I really like. Wow, this is interesting. But I like it. And people it thought it was a revisions. letdown after Memento because it didn't have that same. You know. Psst. Yeah, That's I've really been people. meaning
2: to revisit that one. Um, uh, especially, uh, you know, I'm a big Robin Williams fan, especially his dramatic work. That's what oh. I've been... meaning. I, I kind of was kind of leaving it off because, I mean, I, this is like the 80th time I've said this during the show tonight. But <laughs> I kind of thought that maybe it might show up in the show. So I haven't watched it. But it's kind of like I got to start watching the movies just because I like them. I, I just, yeah, yeah just there's just nothing reserving wrong Reserving everything for the show is just not good for me. <laughs> Although, I, you know... Live your life, Travis. A, live your life. You're right. You're right. But... Uh, the score's bad for memento. Yeah.
3: So
2: it's not memorable. Yeah, I can't even remember it already. Exactly. not it's
4: memorable, bad. Huh? Oh, well. It's inconsequential. <laughs> inconsequential. Yeah. So. sometimes you don't need a score. You know that that's not what defines this movie either. I I don't know. We're at that point. We got to make some calls here. It's time to get down to the bottom line where we decide on the cinema nine podcast, our signature segment does it hold up. And I think I already know where everyone's going. But, you know, there's always a surprise or two. So I'll go first because I never go first. So I'll go first and say that this movie doesn't hold up. I wish it did. I loved it when I was younger oh and it was God. everything. Wow. It was everything to me. I thought it was it was like, oh, man conversations were based around this and like, oh, imagine if you could live your life like this and oh man, oh, someday I can't wait to see the next movie You know, it it laid the groundwork for really being excited, like when I said I was excited about insomnia, I was really excited about insomnia because I love Memento but in 2020 it's not the same and those conversations on the phone dragged ass back then and I denied it and now they really drag ass I don't give a fuck I'm connected in a way that has no validity whatsoever. So I'm just like, uh, okay, I know this part. And I found myself, maybe it's because this movie is a great first watch. I think this is a tremendous first watch film, but it is not a movie that holds up. And when we say holds up, I think, at least to me, we're implying being able to watch it again and be like, oh, man, it's so good to see this film again. I mean, you don't have to watch it every year. You don't have to watch it every month. But if you throw it out every five, ten years, be like, that's still a great movie. This is not the case.
2: Mike, I'm I'm going to have to agree with you. Um, oh, I feel wow. like if you've never seen this movie, you should watch it. It is a good movie. It is a, it is an important movie. It is a well-made movie. It is, it's a cultural touchstone um, from an extremely talented and important writer-director that I really think that everyone should watch. But if you've seen it, I mean, like as I watched it, I'm thinking to myself, like I've been meaning to watch it for a while, but I, I thought it'd be on the podcast. But like as I as I was watching, it, I was thinking to myself, there's a reason that I haven't watched this because I knew there's a reason why I only watched it a few times after I saw it in theaters because it, it is a gimmick, the the whole thing moving in reverse. Ultimately, like it's it's a lot of fun to unpack it and 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 do the even now you know because there were some parts I'd, I'd forgotten. So like I had to like, you know, there was some mystery a little bit like, oh, okay, you know, um, so it's a creative way to watch a movie and to do a movie. But if you've seen it before, it doesn't really hold up.
4: Uh, I, I gotta tell you, Eric. Before you say something, uh, people are getting sad. Derek Ferns feels like we—if you know Derek Fern—he definitely is taking this personally, and uh we're sorry, Derek. It's nothing personal. It's I, l- about, I love you,
2: Three Questions fan. I do. To
4: 30. Yeah, I, I'm a big fan of Derek Fern. I, I love his whole family. I think they're fantastic people. All right, Indeed. as we get a great facial expression from Eric Brancham, why don't you see if you can give a, you know, one vote for the yay? Mike, I
3: have to applaud your courage for <laughs> opening up the does it hold up final comments. No one in their right mind would just come out. If you would have called me first to say, Does it hold up? I probably would have cracked under the pressure and been like, Oh, this is a goddamn masterpiece, everybody, right? right. right. I, I
2: didn't know when I was going to say it. it didn't hold up. <laughs> the bottom line
3: is even though, you know, this was recently added to the uh, National Film Registry for oh Culture God. importance. <laughs> so I mean, and you saw the IMDb score, yeah. and you and 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 you ask anybody on the street, "Hey, guy, you see Memento? I'd be like, goddamn masterpiece." I'd be like, "Okay, all right, thanks." Everyone loves it, but when's the last time they saw it? I'm talking about a film that, aside from the the you know the confusion and the fun coherency stuff and the the, the palindromic structure, if that's a word, I think it might be. Uh, It's simply not that fun to watch. On a technical and story level, I can admire it and applaud it for what it's going for. But at this point, it leaves me very, very empty as a viewer, almost to the point where I just really don't care. Um, Christopher Nolan is a genius, a remarkable talent, one for the ages. But this film...
2: doesn't hold up in 2020. I mean, it's a sophomore effort and like, and it feels like it and it's, and it's an important thing for him to have done. I'm glad the movie exists, but it, it's wow. funny because like, this is the, you know, this will be the podcast. Like people, like I'm always like, I'm just, yes, I, yes, I recommended, I recommended Mordecai again in this podcast. Yes. I recommended Mordecai in the same episode where I said that Memento didn't hold up, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Please still trust my judgment.
4: This podcast is all about our opinions because we're doing it. So check out yeah. House Memento sucks. Yeah. If you want to do your own podcast and say memento is the greatest thing I've ever heard, then please, <laughs> by all means, go I'm, ahead. I think a lot of
2: people probably have, but uh yeah, I yeah.
4: think what's coming the movie's like becoming reality. People are remembering what they felt, they're not checking in. Eric, you made a really good point. Like, people are not watching this movie again and again. You made I, the best
3: point of the night. The first time we saw it in theaters. We were blown away. It was unlike anything we'd ever seen. You watch it 10 more times, especially 20 years later. You're like, okay, all right. I, yeah, I remember, but... Bronner's. 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 It,
4: beautiful Bronner's. Bronner's sums it up so well. Although I'd love to go to Zenders for the chicken when I'm in Frankfurt. It's not that good. Oh, yeah. It doesn't hold up either. I'm telling <laughs> you. It's fatty. There's way too much skin. And
3: they
2: yeah, overcooked it. Oh, I, I'm is over there such a thing as too much skin? <laughs> I mean, that's a weird out of context. That would be a terrible thing. That's
4: yeah, that's really weird. I on my chicken. That's all I know. By it's the way, Derek, we want to thank you for uh, yeah, making exactly, this Derek. We do uh, love and appreciate participation from everybody on the Cinema Nine team. You guys are part of the team, we're all on the same team here. So even though it didn't hold up, <laughs> I can't still, believe it.
3: Three didn't for hold
4: up from Memento. This is considered an absolute classic by everyone.
2: I thought I was going to be swimming upstream with this one. I thought I was going to be fighting you guys on this one and being real awkward. But
4: wow. I thought before I watched it, I would, I was going to be feeling that way. But that's not what happened. So I didn't
3: think I was going to sleep tonight. Right. I'd be texting you all evening. <laughs> yeah,
4: you guys are right. But <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, bottom line is, uh, Memento gave us an hour and twenty three minutes worth of conversation. Thank you, Derek. Thank you, all the listeners. Your choices. We had like twenty one choices. It was great. So we'll keep that oh, rolling. Yeah. We'll bring back listeners' choice again. We'll try to maybe eighty 86- six some of the extremities of the listener's choice but New
2: coming soon. We're going to play yeah. selection. We'll give you this, yeah. the details later, but we're going to play yeah. selection. If you were ever in Jimmy's basement, you know what we're talking
4: about. We got to trim- do this
2: podcast just for the 10 friends we have, obviously. Right.
4: Well, why not? <laughs> I mean, we're not getting paid to do it, so we're doing it because Yo. we want to. All right. So this is him and I podcast sim and iPod at pro You can email us about everything you heard today. Does mental hold up? Are we psycho? Please let us know and follow the show. Give us five stars. Apple podcast, yada, yada, yada. All right, Travis, uh, I guess we're back to you now as we swing into December. We're in the heat of the holiday season. A couple weeks out. uh, Hanukkah starts tomorrow. So uh, you're going to pick a Jewish. uh, I thought
2: it was was tonight. Yeah, you're right. Uh, Happy Hanukkah to to our listeners Um, and to you. You you know, usually when uh, I pick this or when any of us pick this, it's like this whole thing where I'm like, I don't know, like down to the minute, like I'm going to decide in the moment. Like there's so many movies. This one I've known for weeks. I've known before I even picked uh, Home for the Holidays what I was going to pick. Uh, I've known. I I I probably maybe should pick a Christmas movie, being the time of the year that it is. Uh, and I'm not I'm not picking a Christmas movie, although there, although it takes place around Christmas, it's not a Christmas movie.
4: We still got more time um, for Christmas. It's fine.
2: Yeah, Eric you. can pick one if he wants to. I got you. Um. I thought instead that since you know the the calendar year is coming to a close the the, the year of the podcast is not but the calendar year is coming to a close and I thought it makes sense to finally get one of these movies under the belt that we just keep talking about doing but haven't actually brought onto the show uh, and I in particular keep on talking about 1992 Phil, Al, Phil Alden Robinson's Sneakers with Robert Redford Sydney oh, Portier River Phoenix it's happening there folks it we're finally going to watch Sneakers uh, and I and I kind of go in thinking that it's going to hold up. I love the fuck out of this movie growing up. I love this movie it so is. much. But it's been a really long time since I watched it. So I'm looking forward to it. Has it really? It. Since I watched it? I mean, it's it's been at least 15 the years. I am impression that
4: you've been watching it. It seems like I was getting there
2: was There was a long stretch where I watched it regularly. But I would guess 10, 15 years probably since I watched 15 it. 15 years? I'm pumped. It's, it's your, your mother. mother. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Wow, right, this great. this better hold up, or am I? I'm cr- I'm gonna be fucking crushed. I, I
4: know. I mean, I don't.
3: I almost don't want to watch it. I just want to live it in my heart
4: and memory. That's kind, I'm not of, say
2: that's kind of why I. Yeah. All right, All right. We'll down see down it down. all next week, won't
4: we? I've, I've watched this movie many many times recently. So, uh, oh, recently. But I'll go in again with the. Fr- I'll go into the real critical lens this time. We'll see what happens. So, all right,
2: well, if you've watched it many many times recently, then I suspect that you'll feel like I. To me, this movie is a classic. But uh, we'll see if it actually holds. up. Yeah.
4: All right, that's a big, heavy side from I my movie. I watch it all, all the time, time, but it's not classic. I will. I know. Well, I might watch movies that aren't classic that I watch all the time. Uh What's the one with the what that fucking dumb fucking movie I told you about that I watch all the time on repeat? The Happy <laughs> Madison production. God, that thing was a piece of shit. But well, I watched it. Every the night.
2: one with Steve Zahn. Yeah. <laughs> 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 nature. <laughs> na- nature. Calls
4: the other one. Strange Stranger- wilderness. Strange yeah, <laughs> the fucking disaster of a film. Right. Uh, okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> you, never, you never know what's going to happen. I will say something did <laughs> occur to me the last time I watched sneakers, and I'm not going to say what it was. So there's a little right, teaser. Well, save, save it for the cast. Of course, I will. I'm a professional here. I'm, we're not professionals. We're amateurs. Yeah, we're very All good. right, uh, that's it then. So sneakers next week. Uh, if you like Robert Redford, if you love Ben Kingsley, if you think Sydney Poitier is overrated, then come on and tell us why. We'd love to hear from you. You won't know who to trust. That's right. It's going to be a nightmare, man. Score. It's going to be a fucking nightmare.
3: That score, though.
4: Uh, uh, the score is good. Yeah, this is a fun movie. We'll talk about it next week. Uh, Cinema 9 Pod, a proton mail. Dot com. No more secrets, Marty at gmail.com. And of course, follow the show everywhere. We appreciate all of your time. Thank you, Derek, for the selection. And uh, we'll see you next week. Hashtag, for, hashtag forget Sammy Jenkins.